Combo Nation, what is up, man? We are here. Don't forget to rate, review, punch down on that subscribe button. Hit me on Instagram at 12combo. Let me know how you feel about the show. You could DM me. I'll try and respond to everybody. Today's show, Philip of Locked On Magic joins in to talk about if the Orlando Magic have arrived. Who's Batman? Who's Robin on this team? Bull Bull's ideal role since Philip got to cover. Bowl Bowl during his time with the Magic. That and much more on this episode of Combos Court. Go subscribe to Locked on Magic wherever you listen to podcasts. Truly a great podcast. Shouts to Philip. Great conversation. You know you can catch me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. And this show is brought to you by Prize Picks. What is Prize Picks? Prize Picks is the largest independently owned Daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. NBA season is here. Check out my IG stories for more about prize picks. Testing my skills on prize picks. This basketball season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you could turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $1. $100. That's right. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Prize Picks. Today's show is also brought to you by Good Drills, the all encompassing app for basketball, skill development, and strength training. Just a fantastic way to work on your game learn more about it in the show notes click the link sign up for good drills intro music by luca beats let's get into it Locked on magic. Have the magic arrived, Philip? Are we here? Uh, we're getting there. Uh, I, I, I know. I know. As a longtime Magic fan, especially the last decade covering this team, uh, you're never quite there till you're there. So you know, they, they started 19 and 13 in what 2015, I think. Uh, ended up only winning 35 games that year. So long way to go. So let's 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 uh let's keep our foot over the brake. I don't, I don't want to pump the brakes quite yet but but let's 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 just be ready to stop it's i4 traffic and you know there, there's a slowdown up ahead biggest takeaways very early in this nba season for the magic 
I think the biggest thing is is this defense. This team's defense looks looks very real and looks very very committed. Um, you know, it's still very very early. They've they've had two challenges, uh, two challenging offensive teams that they face. We're recording this Thursday afternoon, so you know we'll see how they do against the Atlanta Hawks in, in Mexico City. But the defense looks very disruptive. They look very committed and engaged. And you know, for any young team, just being elite at something and having something that you can lean on night in and night out that you can call your identity. That's that's the start of everything. You know, you you kind of build out from there. And so for the fact that the Magic and Paolo Bancaro's second year, Franz Wagner's third year, have this thing that they feel very, very confident is going to be consistent for them for 82 games is a big, big step in the right direction. You mentioned Franz and Paolo, and I have this theory about the Magic. Everybody always talks about Batman and Robin, but I don't believe that to be the case with the Magic. I think they come from the rare archetype, and I'm not comparing them directly to Kobe and Shaq, but it was that thing where you didn't know if it was Kobe, you didn't know if it was Shaq for that top guy. Is this the same situation in Orlando? I don't want to say it's the exact same because with, with Kobe and Shaq, you have you had two kind of naturally complementary players. You had a perimeter player in Kobe, you had a post player in Shaq. And that was always the that was always the formula in the NBA. You know, you had Magic and Kareem, you had, you know, Bird McHale, Bird McHale, you had, you know, you always had, you know, Drexler Hakeem for that one for that one year. Um, you always had kind of a big man and you had a, had a guard to kind of get him the ball. Penny and Shaq here in Orlando. That, you know, the Magic and their, their run with Dwight Howard always seemed to be looking for that perimeter player who could carry them to the end of games, knowing that they had the linchpin in the center. Paolo is not a traditional center. Um, to, to me, they're more like, you know, I don't want to say Jordan Pippen because that denotes a lot of Batman Robin thing, Batman Robin comparisons plus Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen Scottie Pippen. I don't want to I don't want to put those expectations on them, but it, it's more of a two wing attack, and it's more like these are two guys who can do a lot of different things with the ball in their hands for guys who are six foot ten. Um, and and I think the Magic, as they're beginning to build themselves offensively, are trying to to leverage that and say, Hey, what makes us unique? What's going to make us a challenge for other teams is we have two six foot 10 guys who play like guards and, and we're going to develop those skills and use those skills as much as we can to, to, to help launch us into, you know, what they hope is championship contention. If they get the championship contention, and I agree with everything that you said, my thing is, is I feel like on all the debate shows when the Orlando Magic do get there, it's a small market. It takes a lot for them to get there, right, on all the big talk sports shows. But I think there will be that debate. That will be a debate. Who's the guy, Paulo? Fraud? Magic the fans guy? are already have Magic fans are already having that debate. And I, every time, like it start, I see it start happening among Magic Twitter. I'm just like, it doesn't matter, guys. Like all that matter. Like these are two very unselfish guys. Mm. You know, if anything. But what's been funny about watching this year is. You know, Paolo had the big breakthrough year as a rookie last year, 20 points per game, all that stuff, you know, really looked like a superstar player. He spent a good chunk of this year trying to pass too much. His assists are up above five assists per game, I believe. I believe he's had a 10 assist game. He had a six assist game on Monday. The, honestly, the problem in Monday's loss to Dallas was at times he was trying to pass too much. He was trying to Paolo. squeeze the ball. Paolo, yes, okay. Paolo. And on the flip side, Franz, who for the first two years of his career, Magic fans said was too passive, didn't take enough shots. His shot volume is way up this year. He's trying to figure out how do I get more shots for me? And so as good as the Magic have been this year, I think it's really important to remember that these are two very young players. I think Franz is almost is, is just, just turned 22. Paolo is 20, almost 21. Um, these are two very, very young players 
who are figuring out how to do what they're best at in the league. And, and there's going to be some growing pains along the way. It actually makes total sense to me because basketball is all muscle memory and Paolo had to play a role, mm-hmm. which he had to diminish his greater self in the sense that he had to play that small ball five for USA. Well, Franz had the ball in his hand more and he got to play the way he wants to play. So I think their muscle memory took them into the beginning of this season. A little bit, but like, honestly, like, and I said this when Paolo made the decision to join team USA over team Italy, because if, if Paolo went to team Italy, he would have been their star. He would, you know, they would have lost, you know, Italy's a good mm-hmm. team. They would have made the second round. I think like, I, I don't know if, I don't think he would have meaningfully changed how far they advanced in that tournament, but Paolo would have probably gotten 20 shots a game and, and, and done all the things he's doing with the magic. But I think he really benefited because his passing's always been very underrated, but he's yeah. never been asked to be a playmaker and creator. And with Team USA, they almost exclusively asked him to do that. They almost exclusively said, hey, we want you setting screens. We want you doing all these little things that are going to help us win. And especially being on a young team that isn't that wasn't winning last year. They won a little bit last year, but wasn't like winning at a high level. He's now bringing that approach to to, to this team. And, and I think that even though he's struggled a little bit, he's, he's come out of the funk, but even though I think he's still finding his place and and finding that balance, which all stars I think do, he's gotten a lot better and it's helped the team get a lot better. You alluded to the fact that magic fans are a bit of a nuisance comparing these two, but I have to put you on the spot. Who's the better basketball player right now? Right now. I think it's Franz. Um, you know, if, if, if you asked me last year, I, I think my answer is still the same. Um, Paolo is ultimately going to be the, the, the guy that stirs the drink on this team. And, and, and he, you know, he's getting the, he's getting kind of the, a lot of the closing possessions. He had the big game winner against Utah. You know, he was kind of the one forcing a lot of action to try and keep the magic in the game against Dallas. Ultimately Paolo is, is being groomed, so to speak, to, to be the, the, the lead guy on this team, the, 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 the superstar player, but Franz right now, his skill set is just much more complete. Um, You know, again, it's just about, I, I've, I've said this often about Franz. Franz doesn't realize how good he is. Um, you know, I think Franz has always been, and I think this is just how he's made up. He's always been a consummate teammate. He's always been about everyone around him. And now in the NBA, all of a sudden, he is kind of shown himself to be the guy, to be a guy who can take over games and can can find, you know, find these pockets to score in bunches. He defends really well. He's a very good passer. And so I think a lot of it is trying to get Franz to understand how good he is and, and to, to play that way all the time. And, and that's, you know, I, I joke about this a lot with, you know, with Jonathan Isaac back when he was healthy, if Jonathan Isaac had any kind of ego in college, he probably would have been the number one pick in his draft, in his draft over Tatum over Fultz, because that kind of length is just impossible, but he's just such a selfless dude. Like he, he fades into the background too much. And Franz, I think is, is very much the same way where it's just like, you know, go get yours. Like, go find, go find a way. Go get yours. It's it's okay. And 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 he kind of needs that permission to do that sometimes. Yeah, maybe if Isaac had the uh, eight-ended mentality, dominating. Maybe if he had that mentality, he would have been the number one pick, right? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, in, injuries aside, we're talking before all the injuries. But yeah, like, it's it. I always say this to people: like, to be a great player in this league, you need a little bit of ego. You need a little bit. Of, I think a lot. I think a lot. Yeah, you need you need a rational belief. You need to believe you are better than Yada Santanacumpo and better like whenever a player says I'm better than all these guys, it's not like an it's not an insult. It's you have to think that way if you're going to compete with these guys. The moment you think 
Giannis is a better player than I will ever be is the moment the Bucks have beaten you. Yeah, I, I like I played ball my whole life and I was always was of the belief you should be your own favorite player. And we joke about James Harden going, I am the system. Like, but there's a reason why he was a scoring champ and that mentality was a big part of it. Yeah. And, and I mean, you need a little bit of self-awareness. And and like right. there's I, I think there's a little bit of, you know. Not not to, to say to say to bring it back. There there's a little bit of difference because well, especially, in, in when, you're win, especially yeah, when you're and, aging, especially when you're aging, you need that self awareness. Yeah, exactly. And in order to win a championship, you have to be willing to sacrifice a bit of yourself. Like it's 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 the it's what you know Bill Simmons calls the secret. Like you have to understand. Like hey, you know Kobe can go out and score 60, 60 70 points anytime he wants, but if he wants to win, he's got to make sure Powell gets fed. He's got to make sure that Ariza got fed. That you know Meta World Peace got fed. And, and, you know, Kobe understood that and didn't have the team around him. But once he had the team around him to do that, he was fine with the scoring dropping because they were winning. And and that's yeah, that's something that I think a lot a lot of young players have to learn. I think we're seeing it kind of happen in real time with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as, as they've you know gone through several contending seasons and haven't quite figured out the, the secret sauce to, to winning a championship. So Anthony Black, I mean. We covered the draft pretty closely on this podcast, and he was one of my favorite prospects just because of his feel for the game. There's a lot of caveats here, but I always said that he's like Tyrese Halliburton, but can't shoot it as well, but probably a better athlete. Just great feel for the game, big card, pushes it ahead, great passer. What have you seen from his game, and how do you feel he'll fit into the Magic system this season? I think the biggest thing with Anthony Black is, you know, we, we just talked about this kind of understanding of your role. Like, he understands what this team is asking him to do. Um, you know, he he was out of the rotation uh, to start the year. Magic going with some veterans, going with some players that they're that they're more comfortable with, and and that's just the reality of their roster. They have a lot of young guys that that need to get fed, and you know, Black's turn wasn't at, at the start. But then Marco Fultz and Gary Harris go out, and all of a sudden Anthony Black's in the starting lineup, and all of a sudden mm, he's yeah. being asked to make impact plays. And he, you know, what I was really impressed with him was he never did too much. Like you know, it, I think with young players, especially early on and especially when they're not getting playing time and they're like, I have to prove myself. I have to make an impact. They have a tendency to overdo things and try to do too much. And, and sure, like, you know, there's still some turnovers and still some mistakes that, that you expect from rookie players. But for the most part, Anthony Black's done exactly what the team asked him to do. If the ball swings you and you're open, take the shot, you know, and he's, you know, not a great shooter, but he is making his threes early on in the year. I think he made, he made his first 10 field goals of his career overall. He made his first, I think three, three pointers before he missed a three. Like he's wow. like, like, you know, teams are still playing him as if he's not a shooter, which is, you know, expected, but he's made them pay. And that, and that's that, you know, that's obviously a big, big deal, but more impressively, like, He's not trying to do too much defensively. You know, in Monday's game against Dallas, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic both took turns trying to attack Anthony Black, trying to say, that's a rookie. They're putting a rookie on me. Yeah. I'm going to attack him. And each time they couldn't get by him. Each time they couldn't figure him out. Um, you know, Anthony Black actually in the second half pulled the chair on Luka. Um, and Luka ended up like hitting his head on Goga Batadze's knee and had to, had to leave the game, but had to leave the game for, for a little bit to get checked out for a concussion. But like, that's a veteran, like that's veteran IQ of knowing, okay, this is the leverage against me is this. Let me, you know, it's hard to pull the chair. Like I, like I tried to do it a few times in pickup games and people look at, <laughs> look at me weird, look at me weird. It doesn't always work, but that is, he's just, he has this great understanding of what he's being asked to do. And, and for this team, he is, he is doing it and knowing that there's a lot more work going on behind the scenes. There's a lot more work to go in his career, go in his career, but he's, 
just about making that impact now. And it's been really, really impressive to watch him in this early season. Yeah, I mean, he went lottery, but I do feel like he was slept on during the college season. And I feel like a big part of that is because people equate ISO scoring to stardom. And even though that's not a huge part of his game, I do believe there's star potential there with his feel and athleticism and size. He's he's got a he's got a role somewhere in the league. Like the moment he stepped on the court, uh, uh, you know, his first meaningful minutes came against the Jazz last week. Like immediately, like everyone could see, oh, this guy gets it. Like this, like he does not look lost out there. He does not look like a rookie. He's making a positive impact on the game. Like the Magic lost to Dallas, and you know, and and a lot of that had to do with shooting, which you know, black, you know, shooting is a problem for this Magic team in general. But Black was not a negative mark on that game. Like, like for a rookie to play that positively in, you know, three meaningful games after sitting out the first four or five, I think that's that's really, 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 really impressive. He, you know, I I, I kind of said it this way. I kind of said it this way. Like during the Utah game, he stayed ready so he didn't have to be ready. Like he he was he was ready to go. And honestly, like it's a good problem to have for for this team to have so have this much depth, but. I find it really hard to believe that the Magic can keep him out of the lineup. And that, and that's honestly the best compliment you can make for any player. Anthony Black's obviously going to be here for a while. He's a rookie on a rookie contract. Um, Paulo and Franz, as we talked about, they're the pillars. Who should the Magic prioritize keeping around their two stars? I mean, the the, the obvious answer is they need this, the skill set is shooting. Um, like they they desperately need shooting around this team. Um, you know, they're they're trying to pump up their three-point shooting a little bit. Their three-point attempts are up this year from last year. Their quarter three-point attempts, especially, are up from last year to this year. So I think they're trying to make do with their roster. But even early on in the season, it, it's been abundantly clear that the lack of spacing on the floor is really hurting this team. Uh, and you know, Orlando at this point has made sort of this all-in commitment on defense. So they're starting, you know, when they're fully healthy, they're starting Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs together. You know, with Markel out, they've been starting Anthony Black and Jalen Suggs together. And, you know, Jalen Suggs, I think, is is a linchpin defensively. Like, he's just, like, he's a chaos agent on defense. Um, He's just everywhere at all times. And just, you know, he'll guard bigger players. He'll guard smaller players. You know, he's darting into passing lanes. I, I think the Magic need him just to set the tone for themselves defensively at the, be- at the beginning of games, especially. Um, but they also need him to start making shots. And I think it's going to be very, very hard for this team to maintain maintain itself. Or, or, you know, I think we all expect this team to be in the play-in conversation at the very least mm-hmm. this year. If they're trying to jump up from play-in team to playoff team to championship team, it's going to be really hard to invest again in Markel Fultz and keep Jalen Suggs. Like, the, 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 just, the lack of spacing just kills them, especially late in games. And the shooting is just too inconsistent at this point to to say like okay that's that's going to help you be a, a top half of the league offense like that's that's going to be a battle this year and so you know I, I think I think Jalen Suggs provides a lot I think Marco Fultz provides a lot but there are definitely a lot of very real questions of like do they together give the Magic what they need because at this point the only thing that matters is building around Mark uh, building around Paolo and Franz and what's going to help them be ba- be great and you know, a, a really good floor spacer in that starting group would go a long way. Yeah, it feels like they're really good basketball players, really good guards. They just might not feel, fit well with Paulo and Franz, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Markel and Jalen are both really good players. They're both yes. NBA players. They're both NBA rotation players. I know and, there's a lot of... And Cole as well, right? And Cole NBA as well, yeah. yeah. And Cole is, Cole is fantastic too. Um, 
you know, gives them a real, just real, you know, Cole Anthony is one of the best sixth men in the league. I, I, I don't understand why Pete, you know, why he didn't get some love for, for sixth man of the year last year. Magic's record probably had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is one of the best sixth men in the league. You know, his size is the only reason he's not starting because um, Magic just, they, they love their size. They love that defense and, and Cole is a willing defender, but he's not quite a good defender, which, you know, are two different things. Um, but, you know, Markel does a lot of really good things. The, the team, you know, he, he does a really good job managing the team too. I think, I think that those point guard skills and those point guard leadership skills go very underrated in a lot of the conversations about the magic, but you know, Jalen Suggs is going is to be a little bit of a chucker. Sometimes he's never afraid to shoot, which I like. I don't mind. I don't mind shooter. I don't mind players who are bad shooters who are not afraid to shoot. He's, he's um, just a great, he's just aggressive on both sides. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you want, you want the, you want the goldfish memory, you, you know, just because you missed the last shot doesn't mean you're going to miss the 100%. next shot. You got to shoot. You got to shoot with the same kind of confidence. And I do appreciate that about Jalen. I think his shooting numbers will level out a little bit, but you know, he's, you know, taking five, six threes a game and making two, which is, which is making one or two if that, and that's, that's tough. That's, that's really, really tough if that's your volume three point shooter. So, the Magic probably need a volume three-point shooter to put around those guys and and help them spread the floor a little bit offensively because the defensive foundation will be there. I, I don't think the Magic will lose that. Um, but, you know, as we're thinking a little bit forward, maybe to the deadline, maybe to free agency, um, that's that's probably the biggest need that they have. I think of the, when I think of this team, I think of positional size, and I haven't looked at the numbers. Are the Magic like one of the tallest teams in the league, or it just feels that I, way? I don't know if, the, you know, you know, you say that, um, and I think there is a lot of positional size on this team, but they're they're not a particularly big team. Like right. they're like Wendell Carter's the starting center at like six ten. They'll throw a lot of like kind of stretch forward lineups out there. So they're not, you know, playing two bigs together like they were at, at points last year. Um, you know, Joe Ingles is playing pa- backup power he's forward. A re- he's, he's, Isaac. he's a really nice fit. He's just not on their yeah. timeline. Yeah, he's not on their timeline. He's yeah. he's there, he's there a little bit to be the adult in the room, although right, right, we right. call Joe Ingles an adult, uh <laughs> an adult um uh in, in some respects. But uh, you know, he fits them culturally. You know, he's he's been good for them. But you know, I, I always I always talk when I talk about the magic, I, I usually don't talk about positional versatility. I talk more about skill versatility. Okay. But the magic have are players who do things at their position that players at their position don't do. Like Paolo can run point. True. Franz can run point. Um, You know, Markel is a bigger guard who can, you know, lock up. You can, who can go down to the post if he wants to and work the mid range a little bit. Wendell Carter can step out and hit corner threes, you know, pretty, you know, that's, that's a pretty simple shot for him. Um, They're a team that I think really values kind of inverting the floor a little bit. Like they want to, they'll, you know, like, I don't think we've seen it yet, but they'll run Paolo Cole or Paolo Jalen pick and rolls and see what you do with it. And, 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 you know, hunt a mismatch that way. So that's that's kind of how I think of the Magic more than their necessarily their size because yes they have all these guys with long wingspans that's that's kind of the joke joke with the Magic but they're still I always still think like you know this is still kind of a small team like they're not they're not that big they have they have wingspans to to make them feel bigger but they're not necessarily like a, a big big team and like things that big men typically do especially you know, rebounding is still like a thing they have to focus on and, and, and they're good at it, but always a constant battle for them as well. Yeah. The Raptors tried this positional versatility thing. It didn't really work out. Hopefully it works out better for the magic. They were trying this thing where like everybody six, nine could do a little bit of everything. And they had the same issue as the magic in terms of not having enough shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, I mean, all the, like all the experimental stuff, like the magic, 
you know, I, I, I forget where it was reported, but like there was a scout that told a media outlet last year, you know, with the magic, with all the injuries they had, they were running a lineup out there of uh, Wendell Carter, Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, Bull Bull. And they essentially had Franz playing the two. And I, there was, there was a, a scout in, in some article somewhere that said, you know, everyone talks about positionless basketball, but the magic are the only ones that actually said F it, we're doing it. And, and I, you know, I think when you're at a certain level of your development, that kind of experimentation is warranted and allowed. But when you start getting up to the higher levels and you're starting to compete for a playoff spot, you know, compete for a championship, you got to be, you know, a, you got to be able to play traditionally sometimes. Uh, and you got to, you know, honestly, like the biggest thing for me with those championship level teams is you got to have the flexibility to play any way that you need to play to win. And, you know, sometimes with those like positional versatility or, or positionless basketball stuff, roles aren't set. So you don't quite know how to play when someone throws like a curveball at you or if a team goes small and you can't defend it, or, you know, or, you know, you have to be able to be flexible. And I think that's what you hope that the Magic are learning now by like putting the ball in Franz's hands as a point guard or Paolo's hands as a point guard now so that, you know, when they get, you know, three, two, three, four years from now when they're playing in the Eastern Conference semifinals or the Eastern Conference finals, that those guys know how to react when they're playing maybe more traditional lineups or the roster's changed a little bit and the attack says you have to do this. So so it's, it's you do have to graduate from, okay, we're done experimenting. You know, we have to be a little bit more conventional to compete now. Yes. The experimental phase has to end at yep. some point. You did mention bowl bowl, and I have a million dollar bowl bowl question for you. Okay, I have a fifty thousand dollar answer. <laughs> oh man! So is bowl bowl the issue, or it's just that he never gets enough opportunity? Because when he seems to get opportunity, good things happen, and there was a lot of fun moments with the magic. Uh, the the answer to that question is yes. Um, uh. Some of it is definitely some of it's definitely opportunity. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, he is he is such a young player who has missed so much time. You know, the injury in college at Oregon, mm -hmm. the injuries early in his career in Denver, you know, having to go through a COVID, the COVID years when you know your your interaction was very, very limited. Um, he was a guy that needed time to develop his skill set. And, and he's got a, a very unique skill set. Like mm -hmm. that, that is a guy that does something unique and 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 that is so valuable in this league if you have someone that does something unique that forces the defense to have to account for it and that takes time and that takes effort and that that opens up holes and so you know bowl bowl is always going to be such a tantalizing prospect but you know it is it is definitely a chicken or an egg problem it is is our bowl struggles because he doesn't get enough time or our bowl struggles because of something in him and and, and you know, in Orlando, he got a lot of opportunity. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, he took advantage of a lot of that opportunity, but he also began to see some of the weaknesses that he had. Um, he, yes, he can be a great shot blocker and, and he can change shots at the rim with his size, but he's not an instinctive defender. Like he'd get lost all the time off the ball. Um, he'd get kind of, kind of caught, you know, teams would be able to, to target him in pick and rolls and, and he'd be a little indecisive there. Uh, and then offensively, if he's not in transition with a head of steam behind him, Teams were swiping the ball from him. Like he isn't much of a passer or playmaker, which is a lot to ask, ask for for any player. And so when he's trying to play as a guard, as a seven foot, seven foot guy, and this is something that I think some people are a little bit concerned with, with how Victor Wimbanyama figures out in the NBA, you know, the ball's got a long way to travel to, to get, to get to his hand. And so he, uh, Wemby gets lower. 
Wemby, Wemby does get a lot. Wemby's yeah. a lot better. I don't mean to despair. No, no, no. You know, yeah, and we might, we might is, actually we might actually get to that a little bit, but proceed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want I don't want to dis- disparage him. Wemby is an incredible prospect and has yeah, yeah. like everything that you think Bull Bull is. Wemby actually is. Um, but Bull has had a very loose handle, and you know you get him in you get him in a half court situation where he has to try and break down a defense. He's not passing the ball, and everyone knew it. And he's going to turn the ball over a lot or dismiss a lot of shots, and so he just. You know, by the end of the season, and obviously the Magic cut him, but by the end of the season, when everyone was starting to get healthier, Bull was out of the rotation because the Magic couldn't really trust him defensively. And if, you know, he wasn't in like very specific circumstances, his effectiveness went way down. And, you know, I was I was happy to see him latch on in Phoenix because I think, you know, you know, Phoenix is going to be a great team, obviously, and I, I want to see him get an opportunity. But I really think Bull is the kind of player that needs the latitude to still make mistakes. And that's a hard thing to say at his, at his experience level in the NBA, but he's really only played one season in the NBA. And and I think you have to kind of treat him as a sophomore player. Who's going to still make a lot of mistakes. And you just have to, you have, he needs to be somewhere where he can learn and grow from those. Yeah. Shaq had the whole Wemby bowl bowl thing. And I talked about that on my other show. It's actually in studio show here. We talked about that. I had some fun with that. And the, it just comes down to two words. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of differences, but it's just court awareness on both sides of the floor. That's really the biggest difference between them. And, yep. and that's, that's everything in basketball. Yep. Like bull, like bull is raw talent. Like, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. You put him on a court with five players. He's going to do something incredible. Yeah. Now, the, you know, the thing about the NBA is though, it's an ADG game season. It, it, you know, the regular season, especially is about consistency. What can you do on a random Tuesday night in January? That's like, that's what I always tell people like, yeah, any NBA player can go off and have a 20 point game. These are the most talented players in the world. The great players are the ones who do it every night, you know, who have 20, 25, 30 point games every single night, who their bad games still contribute something to the team and still help the team win. Um, you know, they're the guys that, you know, find the, uh, find, I always say this, find the energy on a random Tuesday night in January in the middle yeah. of the season when, you know, the, the, the all-star breaks on the horizon, maybe on the horizon, the playoffs are a long way away. The, the fun of the start of the season's gone. It's like, how do you win those middle? You know, how do you handle that? Those those middle days, those middle games of you know you're on the last leg of a long road trip. What do you, how are you gonna? What what's your consistency? What are you gonna do that night? Um, and that's where Bull really struggled is he'd have these really big moments and really nice games, and then he'd just make mistake after mistake after mistake, and the mistakes were more consistent than than the good parts. From my vantage point, the ideal role for Bull Bull seems to be a rebuilding team that'll use him as a six man, because I know everybody looks at like that microwave score six foot to six five guy as the six man, but I think we could start a new unique role for Bull Bull coming off the bench and just letting him hoop, letting him play basketball. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, just just forget the size. Like most six, a lot of six men are kind of, you know, I don't mean this disparagingly, but kind of chuckers, you know, Jamal Crawford. <laughs> but you bring Jamal Crawford in, his goal, his job is to make, a, is to take and make a ton of shots. Um, yeah. You know, his, you know, his percentages aren't great, but you're not expecting, you know, you're not expecting to get 25 points off the bench from a single player. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, Jamal, you know, you got your Jamal Crawford, your Jordan Clarkson's, your Lou Williams, Cole Anthony, you know, Cole Anthony fits the six man role really well because he's probably too small to start, but he's such a, key check scorer that he can get, he could get going in a hurry. Like Terrence Ross was like that for the magic. You know, John Starks was like that for New York back in the day. Right. Um, the six, the six man role is perfectly designed 
for these for a kind of low stakes, you know, low stakes game of like, hey, just go out there and score as many points as you can. Just like, go hoop. Just go yeah, hoop. Yeah, just go hoop. Just go yeah, hoop. Yeah. There's no pressure. You're playing against you're supposedly playing against perhaps weaker, weaker competition. Mm-hmm. Uh so the mistakes are probably gonna be fewer. It's a way to hide guys and still take advantage of what their best skill is. And and like you said, like I, I believe this too, bowl bowl is a score. Like, don't think of him as a center, don't think of him as a big, think of him as a score. Go let him be a scorer, and and that's that's going to be the challenge for him. Definitely a challenge, but I'm optimistic with Bobo. I think you know, I think he's going to have a long NBA career. I I also don't know if this Suns team is the ideal role for him because yeah, like they're, it, they're they're in win now mode. The so only the only the only good thing about him playing with the Suns is he's going to learning. He's going to learn from Kevin Durant, who's yeah, yeah. you know similarly size, you know not similarly size, but like another big tot, you know, like a guy who thirty years ago would have been turned into a center immediately. He would never have touched the ball on the perimeter, you know, 30 years ago. But because of the way the NBA, because of, you know, frankly, a revolution that Durant helped bring in too, as much as, as much as Dirk did, as much as, as, as much as some of these other, the other big wings did. Um, now, you know, Bull Bull is a product of the Kevin Durant generation. I think Bull Bull said Kevin Durant was his favorite player growing up. So getting a chance to see how Kevin, how KD works uh, and and trying to learn even like little things like footwork and, and placement yeah, from him yeah. will go a long way to helping him with that next opportunity if it comes. Great stuff. I think George Gerving they gave the, the the green light to right. How tall was George Gerving? He felt George like Gerving was... six 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 seven six eight maybe. Oh, he's only that tall. Okay, okay. Maybe I thought, Gervin, I thought... Yeah, his I, arms I... were like his arms yeah, were like, were like long with the finger rolls. <laughs> but I mean, like you know. You know, 30, like, again, like 30 years ago, no, you know, maybe, yeah, not, 30, they, they, maybe not 30 years. Yeah. About 30 years ago. Now I think, I think I can still say 30 years ago, 30 <laughs> years ago, like no one would have conceived of 100%, a center yeah. taking threes. Like if, you know, you know, I, I remember Shaq saying this. Well, 40 years ago, there was no threes, right? Like what was yeah, exactly, that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But like, I remember Shaq's, you know, Shaq commenting on this. Be you know being like oh if I if I'd come up in today's NBA I would have been Giannis and like knowing what Shaq was back in the Magic he was this uber athletic player he was thin he was he was leading fast breaks for the Magic like Magic Shaq was game changing but yeah. because of the way the NBA was with all the big men with Akeem with Ewing you know Shaq decided to go the other direction you know built muscle you know built weight and became just this low post behemoth. I think if he would have come up in today in today's and I always say this about when old when older guys criticize newer guys, well, everyone's a product of their age. If True. Shaq comes up in today's in today's basketball world, he's he's Giannis. Like he's yeah. he he's he's Embiid. He's Giannis. He's able to lead fast breaks, willing to take threes, has to take threes almost um, to to be successful. The skill set that they develop is completely different. Like they, like David Robinson, I think is a great example of this. David Robinson was probably a player who was way ahead of his time as far as the athleticism from the center position and the ability to hit jumpers. Like he didn't step out to three point line because no one asked centers to do that. But if David Robinson comes out today, like he's, he's incredible. Like he's, 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 you know, dominating the league in any generation because he's David Robinson, but his, the skill set that he develops is, is completely different. And, and, and I think that's, that's part of what's happening here too. And, and part of like uh, something the magic are trying to invest in as well. Hundred percent. Imagine Scottie Pippen in this era with all the skill development. He'd probably add the three point shot. He might. I think he would even. I mean, he was obviously an all time great, but they probably would have added a lot to his game if he played in today's. For sure. NBA. Like he, yeah. like he would have been Kawhi. Like, he, yeah. like him and Kawhi yeah. are not not that far apart. As you know, right. just 
different different eras, different teams that they're on, different distribution of talent. Um, yeah, yeah, bit. exactly. Philip, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you? Social media, podcasts, everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Best place to find me is on Twitter at or X, whatever it's called now, at <laughs> Philip RR underscore OMD. That's one L and Philip. Uh, you can find my written work at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And I do a daily Orlando Magic podcast, uh, Locked On Magic as well. Always a challenge. One team every day, right? Especially like in the, I don't know, the um, the doldrums you, of like, you, right? You don't, like, yeah, it's you tough. You don't want the worst. The worst time is when you're a tanking team. Yeah. You know, the season's over. You're not ready to talk about the draft yet. You know, you're talking about it, but it's a lottery. So, you know, you don't want to get into that. Every game feels the same. That's the yeah. worst. Like march on a tanking team is the absolute worst. And I'm so, I'm knocking on wood that those days are done. <laughs> I think they are. I think, I think they are too. Yeah. I think they are too, but you know, I, yeah. I, I've, I've been scarred too much. I've been doing this. <laughs> I've been doing that podcast for, for six, seven years now. It's, okay. it's, there's a lot, there's, there's been a lot of dark days. Well, I love the consistency. Philip, you're always welcome back on the show. Talk soon. Absolutely. Episode 524 is in the books. Magic basketball with Philip of Locked On Magic. Go subscribe to Locked On Magic. Shouts to Philip. You know, you can catch me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. That's right. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. It's also a great way to support the show. Be on the lookout for episode 525 COMBO. Out.